0: You're listening to the Northside Christian Church Podcast. Find out more about Northside by visiting us online at northsideweb.org.
1: Every night, Mrs. Hollis Sharp from Southern California would take her poodle, Jonathan, out for a walk. She would always take a plastic bag in her hand for when he finished doing his business, maybe in someone else's yard, she could clean it up. On this particular night, sure enough, he did his business. She cleaned it up and took the plastic bag in her hand, and they started to head home. But a mugger jumped out from behind the bushes, struck her on the back, knocking her to the ground, taking the plastic bag, and ran off with the spoils of his crime. She didn't severely get hurt, but she did have a broken arm as a result of the attack, but she never lost her sense of humor. She told the policeman, I only wish there had been more for him in the bag. I love that story. If you don't get it, explain. If you get it, the person next to you didn't laugh, explain what was in the bag, please. All right? Today we start a series on generosity. Whenever you talk about generosity and you put in there giving and our resources to God, it begins to make people squirm. I mean, oh, no, here we go. But Jesus talked more about money than he did most everything else. The apostles included within the New Testament teaching after teaching on stewardship and generosity of giving our resources to God. Timothy shares in 1 Timothy six seventeen through 19. He says, command those who are rich in this present world, that's all of us, not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. In this way, they will lay up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age, so that they may take hold of life that is truly life." In Second Corinthians, Paul teaches, that the Macedonians learned to give generously and sacrificially through the example of Jesus Christ. 2 Corinthians 8.1, Paul shares that God gave His grace to those brothers, and then their desire was to give back to Him as a result. 2 Corinthians 8.2 says, out of the most severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. Because of the way God gave, they couldn't help to be generous back to God. We'll use that as a launching point as we get into this and we talk about God's generosity towards us. I don't know about you, but I get chills every time I see the President of the United States show up somewhere. Recently, at the Daytona 500 as I was watching on TV, I was blown away as Air Force One banked right by the track, right by the speedway, and 200,000 people rose to their feet and applauded as the plane landed on the runway right next to the track. Always fanfare, always a standing ovation, and then always whisk off in a limo. Contrast that to God, coming to earth. No secret service, no hail to the chief, no Air Force One, no protection, no standing ovation. 2 Corinthians 8 9 says, For you know that the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, so that through his poverty you might become rich. God coming to earth is not a rags-to-riches story. It's a riches-to-rags story. He gave up it all, gave it all up for you and I, The message paraphrase of that same verse says, You are familiar with the generosity of our master, Jesus Christ. Rich as he was, he gave it all away for us. In one stroke, he became poor, and we became rich. In his generosity, he gave us his son, Jesus Christ. Everything you and I need is found in the person of Jesus Christ, Our problem is we have a tendency to put more importance on a possession than on a person, the person, Jesus Christ. We get confused with what our needs are and what our wants are. There's a big difference between a need and a want. Many people today are like the woman at the well seeking satisfaction in something that simply won't satisfy As believers, we need to come to the point that we understand happiness and joy has nothing to do with our possessions and our wealth, but it has everything to do with our relationship with Jesus Christ. Not a possession, but a person. Also, God's generously given us his grace. I love this acrostic for grace. God's riches at Christ's expense. Read that with me. God's riches, sometimes we have a hard time receiving what God has given us. We think, man, that's too good to be true. Yeah, it is. (laughs) It is too good to be true. But your heavenly Father, the creator of all things, loves you so much as his child that he willingly gave it all, including his only begotten son, Jesus Christ. You are a treasure child of the Most High God. Get that? You are a treasure child of the Most High God. Say it with me. I. Now, this time, say it and listen to yourself. Do it again. I. You matter to God more than you could ever humanly understand. His grace covers all your sins. I don't know about you, but when it comes to my sins being covered up, I don't want somebody to skimp on that, right? Sins are serious business and God didn't skimp. Through the blood of his son Jesus Christ, every sin you and I have ever committed, and every sin we will ever commit is covered by His grace. So what's our response to that? Let me give you four responses, there are so many. Here's one, it's a simple one, we give our thanks. We give our thanks, Second Corinthians 9, 15 says, thanks be to God for His indescribable gift. How many of you have been believers, been Christians for 10 years or more, raise your hand. Bunch of you. How many, let me throw it out there. How many for 20 years or more? A little bit less, but a bunch of you. Has the indescribable gift become too describable for you? Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. You see, there is a tendency sometimes, the longer we are believers, the more describable the gift becomes. Is it still special to you? Or do you allow Satan to put you in that familiarity role where you just go through the motions and don't really offer thanks? Big passion of mine is to try to get people to understand the fear and awe of God that needs to exist. If there's one thing I see missing in today's world and in today's churches, it's a fear and awe of God. In some cases, it doesn't exist. Where in Scripture, Every time you see someone who lays their eyes on God or in his presence, they say, I've never seen anything like it. Most Americans really don't get the point that when they finally see God, no matter what their view of God is, they will cower and collapse in his presence. They really don't believe in his holiness you and i we may sing you know holy 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 but do we really get that and understand what that means isaiah when he saw god he said this is a pure prophet he said i am sinful i am i'm dead revelation 1 john sees jesus hears his voice and the moment he sees us this is the one that jesus loved he collapses and faints and the holiness and awe and thanksgiving of God. Evie Hill spoke at a Promise Keepers conference. I love how I used to listen to him all the time, but in Colorado years ago, and prior to the conference, he was interviewed by a local TV reporter. The guy said, Evie, tell me why 70,000 men are coming to Mile High Stadium this weekend. Evie Hill said, Well, we're going to talk about Jesus. The baffled reporter said, Is that all? Evie Hill later said, He doesn't know how much that is. Say it with me. Thanks be to God for His indescribable gift. Again, thanks. Another way we respond is with our abilities. Don't forget this, who you are is God's gift to you. Who you become is your gift to God. In the old, old movie, Chariots of Fire, Eric Little was a Scottish runner. If you remember the movie, he had a statement that he made. He said, God made me fast, and when I run, I feel God's pleasure. God made me fast, and when I run, I feel God's pleasure. How is it that God has uniquely wired you up, gifted you, that when you use that ability, that talent, that gift for God, you feel his pleasure? He say, man, this is, this is it. What is that? You need to figure out what that is. 1 Peter 4.10 says, each one of us should use whatever gift he has received to serve others. Francis Chan in his book, Crazy Love writes this. The irony is that while God doesn't need us, he still wants us. We desperately need God, but don't really want him most of the time. He treasures us and anticipates our departure from this earth to be with him. And we wonder indifferently how much we have to do for him to get by. Ouch. I don't know about you, but I I don't want to do just enough for God to get by. Our need around here at Northside Medina continues to increase every week for people to step up and help out and get involved, volunteer. And as we continue to grow, the need's only going to rise higher and higher and higher. For people to pitch in and to help out and, and encourage, be a part of this place. You saw this a few weeks ago, but I put it in there again today. It's an area in your program, it's in your program, areas that you can sign up to use gifts that God has given you within this place. I encourage you to do that. Find a place, I, you know, I like to say to get out of the bleachers and get onto the playing field and you can feel God's pleasure in doing so. If you look through that, find an area, check it, highlight it, sign your name, put your information on there, and put it in the offering basket here coming up later on. That would be awesome. Rick Warren adds, God gave me a gift not for me but for you. God gave you a gift not for you but for me. And then naturally another way we respond to God's generosity is through our own, giving of our resources. The New Testament principle is that everything you and and I have belongs to God, everything. Sometimes we give our lives to Christ and we put a little twist on that, right? Like this cartoon, I've used this for years. Well, Charles, when I baptize you, everything that goes under belongs to God. Everything but one of the praise team members back in the back said they were at a, I think they were at a funeral, heard about a funeral here recently where the guy who had passed away continued to tell his wife, I'm want to. going to take everything. I'm taking all my money with me. I want to take all my money with me when I die. Well, he died. <laughs> they said just a few minutes ago, they told me this. They died, and what his wife did is she wrote a check for all of his money that was left wrote the check, put it in the casket when he went in the ground. <laughs> you can't take it with you. Although he, he, he did, presumably, right? In a check form. Matthew 6, 21, Jesus says, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Bible says we love God because he first loved us and our response to his love is to generously give back as a result. Donald Whitney, in his book, Spiritual Disciplines for the Christian Life, wrote, the question is not how much of my money should I give to God, but rather how much of God's money should I keep for myself? Difference. 1 Corinthians 16, 2 says, on the first day of every week, each one of you should set aside a sum of money in keeping with his income, her income. Maybe you've never given to the Lord on a regular basis, and this is an area that the Lord's kind of pricked your heart, challenged you. In fact, if, if the topic of generosity and giving comes up in a church service, and a worship service, and you squirm in your seat, then chances are God's speaking to you. You need to hear it. And Satan will raise all kinds of questions when you begin to give back to God what is his. He'll raise all kinds of thoughts in your mind, Like how can you tithe? How can you give 10% of your income when you're just barely getting by? Satan will say, you know, if God owned a cattle on a thousand hills, what's he need your money for? Or the church is big enough. The church is big. Your money's just a drop in a bucket. They'll never, never miss it. Or the big one, most popular one, All the church wants is your money. Now, you know what? God doesn't need your money. That's just a cop-out excuse that people use to get away from sacrificing back to God. God doesn't need our generosity to accomplish his will. We need to be generous to continue our assurance in God's will and God's plan you'll be amazed at how God blesses you when you begin. Listen to these promises. Proverbs 3, if you honor the Lord by giving the first part of your wealth, he will fill your barns with plenty and your vats will overflow with wine. And straight from Jesus' lips, Luke 6, 38, give, and it'll be given to you with a good measure. Pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Read, it was that up there? Did you guys see that scripture? We don't have it? All right. Well, let me illustrate. Let's say you got a box of Captain Crunch. Captain Crunch is my favorite, by the way. I've not been eating sugar. So, like, this is killing me. I can smell the sugar, all right? Especially with the berries in it. That's the best, right? But if I was gonna break down from this and I was gonna eat cereal, this would be it. Captain Crunch. But let's say you open up to explain this scripture, what God's trying to get at us. You ever been amazed you open up a box of cereal and you're like, it's like filled up to here. The box is here, the cereal starts here. Man, I got ripped off with this cereal. Actually feel the box to see where it's at. Well, then you remember, okay, it's by weight, not by what's in it. We'll give them a break. But what God is saying in this scripture, and we'll compare it to a box of Captain Crunch, When you and I give, what you give then is put into the cereal box. God takes it, presses it, shakes it, presses it, shakes it. And then what God does is he pours some more in. This is your resources back to you, God's resources back to you. Presses it shakes it, presses it, shakes it. God pours some more in until it overflows into your lap. That's what that verse is saying. (laughs) Go ahead, God says, test me in my generosity And see how generous I can be to you. Expect it. You will never, ever be able to outgive God. I've asked Chris Rojas, he is one of our elders, one of our leaders at Northside, to just come and share his heartbeat on this uh, before I go on. Chris, come on up,
0: if you will. Let's give him a hand for a great job. No, uh, thanks, Jeff. Um, can you hear me? Um, just a quick story about myself. I didn't become a Christian until uh, the year 2000. A friend of mine, one of my best friends, had been inviting me to a Promise Keepers event for a, many months, and I declined. Finally, wanted wanted to go and sat uh, went with him and sat with him and some of his friends. And I, uh, during one of the, the talks, one of the guys was given. He he paused and said, "Hey." I want you guys to write down a word. I want you to discuss it with a couple people next to you. And write down a word, the one word that you would put on your tombstone. And I said, okay, I, I got this, I got this. And, and uh, okay, so we all got together, thought about it, and I, they, they looked at me and said, okay, you go first. And I said, fun. I said, Chris is fun. He's, you know, he's always laughing, he's smiling, he's cracking jokes, and people like to be around him, yada, yada, yada. Chris is really fun, likes to do fun things. And they're like, oh, okay, that's real good, Chris, real good. And the other two went. And they both had the same word. And that word was faithful. And I went, (laughs) faithful. So God was tugging on my heart right there. And at the end of the the weekend, I gave my life to Christ. And um, that was almost 20 years ago uh, this year. And so um, shortly after that, That my my good friend, he was saying, hey, you got to get into a, a good church and a Bible Bible preaching church, and we started going to the the chapel in Akron, Pastor Newt Larson, and sitting in those services and you know talking about tithing and generosity and and I hadn't really done that ever. And Doug shared with me, my good friend, he shared with me the verse about Malachi, which says, hey, you know, test me in this, just as Jeff said, test me in this and see if I don't open up. You know, you're, you're uh, the vats and overflow. And so, you know, we were still a little nervous, but we just started, we started out small. And uh, and we did that for some time. But then as l- the years went on and, and God started talking to us and, you know, we started growing in our family and our faith, you know, Matthew 621 came to mind and says, where your, where your treasure is, that where your heart will be also. And so as you're reading the scripture and you're thinking about it, you're like, you know, it's, it's God talking to you while you're sitting in those seats. And so God, one year, God put it on my heart to, you know, to give more than our monthly mortgage because that was our most prized earthly possession. And so I had a goal to do that. And so we started doing that. And I couldn't argue with God on that one after Matthew 621. That, that was what we were putting our hearts into. So let's put our hearts into God. And so we did that for a while. And then, you know, as the years go by and things are, you know, you, you know God's prospering you and, and blessing you with things other than obviously money, but good health. And, you know, in 2007, I got diagnosed with prostate cancer, had my prostate removed. I came back. I had radiation therapy. It came back. And so but here I am 13 years later and I'm still walking, I'm still healthy, I still do CrossFit almost every day, and I'm just enjoying and loving life, so that's a, that's just a huge blessing that he keeps pouring out on us, but last year, you know, God started tugging at me again, and, and saying, hey, let's get, let's do it, and I was like, okay, well, he had been doing this, and this is probably middle of summer last year, and so one day, I was sitting in the, the pew back there at Wadsworth, and and uh, I was like, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it. So I got on the PushPay app. I don't know if any of you give with the PushPay app, but it's fantastic. And I sat there, and I put in the number, and I was like, you know, we about doubled, we about doubled it. I was pretty nervous, but I hit submit. And here's Eva. the PushPay app's cool because it's kind of like payroll taxes. You know, that's the way I look at it. You know, it comes right off the top, right? You don't see it. And it's, so it's consistent with what the scriptures say. It says, Give to God what is God's and give to Caesar what is Caesar's. And so we were given to God. And therefore, it never touches my worldly, loving hands. And some people may say, Oh, that makes it less painful. Well, great. That does make it less pain, painful instead of writing the check. I, I don't mind that. But here's the cool part of that story the very next day, it's so a Monday. I have my own business and one of my clients called me up and God had been working this before and I didn't even know. He said, the customer called and said, hey, we're going to order a system, which is, wasn't uncommon. They usually order a system a year or so. But he says this, he goes, but we're not going to order one today, we're going to order two. Because last Thursday, a tornado ripped through one of our stores. And so we're just going to scrap it and, build the whole thing from scratch, so we need two systems from you. I hung up the phone, and I said, a tornado? I said, what could be more God than that? (laughs) I said, so we cannot give God. I said, he will provide no matter what. It's just that he's looking for us to tie our obedience into his provision, and so I know we're blessed. Uh, the more we give, for the Lord tells us he loves a cheerful giver. You know, Heather and I try not to pass up opportunities to give to missionaries, GoFundMes, and you just see the blessings that are poured out upon other people when this happens. And, you know, the last thing I'll say is, you know, what really... I'm a crier, by the way. I don't know if you, some of you know that, but uh, I'm sitting... In I didn't think that would happen, but... I'm sitting in Panera last uh, couple weeks ago, and uh, Betsy Willis comes up to me. Some of you know Betsy; haven't seen her in years. Several months ago, she had asked for some donations for a mission trip her and her daughter are doing. So I gave her some, gave her some donation, and she sees me at Panera, and just comes up to me and gives me a huge hug. And, That's why. That that's that's love. That's that's Christ. That's why we do it. Thank you.
1: Philippians 4:18 through 20. The apostle Paul writes, I have received full payment and even more. I am amply supplied now that I've received from Ephroditus the gifts you sent, they are a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice, pleasing to God. And my God will meet all your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. To our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. Apostle Paul calls that offering a fragrant offering an acceptable sacrifice, pleasing to God. What he's doing is he's comparing it to an Old Testament sacrifice where people would offer a sacrifice up to God in worship, and it was a part of their worship and their heart. This morning I thought, let's take our offering. Let's take our whole offering time and make it an act of worship this day more than we usually do. And so that's why we're going to take up an offering now. And I pray that you would pray over your offering, whether you give online through the app or you give physically now. You pray, God, I pray this is a fragrant offering to you. And I pray it's out of the love that Chris just explained, that it's from here. I'm going to pray, we're going to worship, you'll be free to stand, and we're going to worship as we worship through giving and through song at the same time. Father, we thank you so much for your sacrifice and your generosity to us. God, we count it a joy, a privilege to be generous back to you with what is rightfully yours anyhow. May you smell this, may you sniff this, God, and may it be a fragrant offering pleasing to you as we give you our worship. In Jesus' name, amen.